0: Hello, this is Abby Mickelson and welcome to Playing It by Ear. Please don't stop the m- Music.
1: Music. Music.
0: Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Playing It By Ear. I would like to begin by acknowledging the Daramuragal people, traditional custodians of the land on which I record today, and pay my respects to their elders past and present. I extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples listening. Coming up on today's podcast, I speak to two members of New Zealand 80s band Dosage B, one of which is my dad, and I will also be reviewing Eminem's new album as well as taking you through my top seven songs of the past seven days. Before we get into that, let's have a look back at the week that was in music news. Explosive allegations have been made against actor Shia LaBeouf, including by Australian singer-songwriter Sia. She alleges he is a pathological liar and conned her into an adulterous relationship. Speaking to Angela Bishop on Studio 10 this week, she revealed he was even originally cast in her upcoming movie, Music, a role which has now been given to Kate Hudson. Kate Hudson. On what would have been David Bowie's 74th birthday this coming January, a filmed version of his musical Lazarus will be aired online. The musical, penned by Bowie, made its debut in New York in 2015 before heading to the UK for a sold-out run at the King's Cross Theatre a year later. In exciting news for fans of the Netflix miniseries Song Exploiter, the second edition is now out. Showing the making of iconic songs like When We Were Young by The Killers, as well as newer releases like Love Again by Dua Rishikesh Hirway once again breaks down that wall and takes us so intimately inside the minds of these creators. And sadly, for all Little Mix fans, myself included, Jessie Nelson has left the group. After an extended break for mental health reasons, the announcement was made earlier in the week. Jade, Leanne and Perry will be continuing on as a trio and I am sending my best wishes to Jessie. Well, for the final episode of the year, I thought I would keep it close to the family. I have two special guests today. The first is my dad, Stephen. Hello, Father.
2: Hello, Bugs. How are you?
0: Good. How are you? I'm very well. Well, thank you for joining me. And our second guest, you might know him as the host of the New Zealand Project or Seven Days or one of New Zealand's top comedians, but I know him as the lead singer of my dad's college band. Hello, Jeremy Corbett.
1: Hey, how you doing? Abby, great to be on your podcast. I wasn't aware that Stephen was going to be on it, so oh,
0: sorry but let's, do it anyway. <laughs> let's do it anyway.
1: Let's do it anyway.
0: We'll push through. We'll push through. Yeah, So if you're a little confused, my dad and Jeremy were two thirds of a band called Dosage B in the 80s. Dad was on drums and Jeremy was, of course, the front man. I actually managed to dig up a little news report from 1985. Have a listen to this.
2: It seems there's another smaller New Zealand city that wants to have its own special music too. Some bands in Palmerston North are getting ready to make their own records. Jackie Ma reports.
1: If you want to buy a record, um, we haven't got one yet. (laughs) That was Dosage B, here with the other winners of the Palmerston North Battle of the Bands. Students at Massey University were fed up with not getting enough homegrown music, or for that matter keeping it in Palmerston North when they found it, so they came up with the idea. First prize, a recording contract. There was just one problem. No record label in Palmerston North, so they're making their own, called Meltdown. Well it was great back then because there was this kind of, uh, this label formed, Meltdown Records was formed by Peter Shepherd, and there were several bands around, we just had a battle of the bands and the idea was to put them all on this label, and we sort of wanted to do an album with the other bands, but they didn't really want to do it with us. <laughs>
2: I remember one of them complaining that I, all I kept saying is I wanted to, to play for my grandchildren, yep. and, and they didn't think that that was—they didn't think that was serious. They
1: enough. didn't, but on that, we, um, i remember when we actually did cut this album, and it, we were helped by John Haynes from the local, the late great John Haynes from what was 2XS, the local radio station. So it was recorded in their studios and put together on an old um, eight-track machine and. You know, the, the, the quality and all of that was very, you know, just didn't have the tools that you have today to make it sound amazing. But he did a great job. But we did come out. I mean, when we got the album, we, we wore the album covers on our heads first time we played, supporting the Netherworld dancing toys. And uh, I think that's nice. probably why the Serious bands didn't want to play with us.
0: <laughs> Jeremy, it seems you were all kind of pioneers in local Palmerston North music. Do you know if that had any lasting or future impact?
1: not not sure it was a weird sort of time in palmy um looking back there was a little bit of an explosion of kind of bands and music and uh, uh I, 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 yeah i don't know there were there was sort of there was us we were sort of more the enjoyment funny end of it and then you had the the skeptics who people still talk about that was at the uh, the very we didn't have a lot to do with them. We're at opposite ends of the spectrum in Palmy. But I don't think there was any particular Palmy sound, if that's the question you're asking. But definitely a lot of creativity came out in the 80s in Palmy, and that, you know, people have continued it's in the TV industry as well and the comedy industry. And then, yeah, music, I'm not sure who the sort of Palmy people were. I suppose you sort of you had your Chris Sheehan, who went on to sort of, you know, with the the dance exponents and the exponents, and then went to the UK and had various success over there. And, uh, yeah, there were there were other, uh, Alan Gregg and Lindsay Gregg both sort of did, did a lot of music as well. Mutton Birds, they were all in, into that as well. So, yeah, a lot of a lot of people from those bands kind of went off and started other things, but I, I don't know if there was any particular palmy sound, was there, Stephen? <laughs>
2: Or oh, let's not forget I went on to become a taxation accountant. That was quite, well.
1: I've, I didn't want to steal your thunder. That changed the yeah, world. Yeah, I don't want to steal your thunder there. I thought I'll leave that for Stephen to, the big
2: big news. Well, to be fair, it was the assistant taxation accountant, it wasn't actually the yeah, taxation let's accountant.
1: Be fair. That was that pretty much yeah. sums up our band. The drummer went on to be a taxation <laughs> accountant.
0: Well, Jeremy, you mentioned other media there, so TV and comedy, both of which you actually went into. What caused that kind of departure from music for you? Or was that always something you were going towards?
1: I think most people that saw Dosage B knew there was a heavy dose of humour in there. (laughs) I think that wrapped all of them into one, didn't it? It was... uh... No, it was, it's was always a running thread with me was also also the, the sort of comedy side of things and then radio. That was all at Massey University. We had the band and we had, yeah, had the radio and this the sort of capping review, which was where my stand-up comedy started. So they all sort of developed in parallel, I guess. Um, I, I do kind of regret that Dosage B stopped when it did. I think a lot of bands get to a stage where you sort of go, we probably should go and do our real jobs now. Whereas I think at Dosage B was at that level and we did decide to do that. Taxation is, a, you know, a huge temptation. Mm. and
2: uh, I was always focused on being the assistant taxation accountant of yeah, BP New Zealand Limited. I do feel, feel that as
1: a band we're at that level where we, if we'd have stuck at it, then we would have had to lift everything up and become a lot better. Mm. I think we would have.
0: Well, there was going to be a Meltdown Records reunion show this year, and potentially still next year if Australia and New Zealand can kind of keep things under control. So, do you think Dosage B could possibly make a comeback someday? Would you ever do another EP or a full tour?
1: <laughs> I don't know. If got the. I don't know if we've got the impetus or the the drive to to write enough songs to fill an EP. I know that the...
2: Uh, yeah, I also, I got a i got a note from my boss at Christmas saying as well that I could get promotion to the taxation accountant from assistant yeah. taxation <laughs> accountant. So I'd need to, I would need to really weigh up whether or not the rock lifestyle was one for me or maybe, you know, taxation accountants yeah. something after sort of 35, 40 years I'm after really.
0: Mm, fair enough.
1: I got in touch with some mates of mine in Wuhan in China when I heard there was going to be a reunion <laughs> and I asked if they could do anything to stop it and they've come to the party.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, Dad, were there any other bands around at the time, either locally or internationally, that really influenced Dosage B's music?
2: Uh, I reckon we were that. We were just that um, sort of post-punk era. Yeah. So we weren't punk and, and we certainly weren't like the new romantic thing that came out sort of shortly after. We had the looks to be new romantics, but... We didn't like that style of music, so I think bands like uh, XTC, and we were talking about that, that, Jeremy. The Cure, The Clash, that sort of that sort of post-punky, boy, music was kind of I think our, our biggest influence.
1: Yeah, agreed. Um, I, I, and looking back, we we enjoyed the songs and the the cool of the songs, if you like, but. I don't think we really understood a lot of the political message underneath. I still love playing Gang of Four songs and only realized much later that they were a hugely political band.
2: I was just struggling to count before four for the drums, so I, I didn't. I never listened to the words. Yeah, well it
1: was a bit like that, we, we enjoyed playing the songs and we sort of knew a little bit about what they were about, but in our defence, <laughs> you didn't have the internet, you didn't have a constant stream of information telling you what bands stood for and what songs meant and all the rest of it, and we certainly didn't put the effort into learning what songs meant, um, learning the chords was enough, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> well, your EP was Excuse Me Big Nose, What Are You Staring At? Which came out in nineteen eighty five. Do you each have a favorite from that record? Jeremy, I'll go with you first.
1: Uh, I don't know. Um there's uh Vicious Love was kind of our, our hits, wasn't it? Um Um the other one was um I quite I didn't understand what those were no, either. Well I did. There was there was a song I wrote and yeah, probably was misinterpreted several times, but um it was about the Yorkshire Ripper, actually. But anyway, um, uh, there was one called, I forget what we called it, Nice to See You, Nice to See. I really like the... the, the uh, Mandarin. Yeah, Mandarin. That was called Mandarin.
2: Yeah. I liked that one. That was yeah. nice. That yeah. was quite a...
1: Growing up, and, a, almost a growing love up song. and drifting apart from your mates. Yeah. And, yeah. Luckily, that's... Oh, happened. it wasn't a love song. Oh, no, that's right. It was about growing up and drifting apart from your mates. <laughs> <laughs> there was a little bit of that in it as well. But I like I like I like the um I like yeah all the parts in that song I really liked.
0: Cool. Well let's have a listen to those two songs now.
1: Oh boy. That's punishment. Maybe snippets of each song. <laughs> yeah. Don't made right. people sit through like a full seven minutes of dosage B. <laughs> I
2: know
1: just what to do.
2: I remember listening to "Vicious Love" again the other day, mm. and besides me speeding up and slowing down, oh, well, that's fine. Th- I made seven, seven very well identifiable mistakes. Really? <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, but remember we only had a very short period of time, so that was it. We just did one bang. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah,
1: f- from memory, we went and like obviously the radio station wasn't using that at the time, so I think it was late at night, wasn't it? Did we go in and record yes. it? We had like an hour or something. Yes, It was great though. That's all we wanted to do was make a, All we wanted to do was make a record, and that was what irritated a lot of people as well
0: well don't be too hard on yourselves because I actually found an article earlier today that said yeah. that that record sold 300 copies very quickly so yes. you were a big deal so don't play it down oh, yeah
2: Well, I'd, let's not forget I had a big family. Yeah, a huge family
1: a <laughs> lot of connections and we' were friends with the surf club yes. there was uh yeah yes. there was almost a guaranteed 300 sales just there <laughs> that's great I'd be very surprised if someone who didn't know us bought it that would be maybe but yeah. I don't know I know there are a lot of boxes left over. I'm, I'm in my office at the moment. I can see three copies of it up on the wall, four copies of it up on the wall there right now. I, I had a couple of boxes. It's well, funny
2: because I've got 296.
1: <laughs> <laughs> see, that's the taxation that accountancy is born with numbers just like that. It was always That was
0: quick. Always like I was going to yeah. try and make the same joke, but I couldn't deduct it quick enough for the total. <laughs> Oh dear. Well, Jeremy and Dad, thank you so much for joining me on Playing It By Ear. Before I let you go, this is the last episode of the year except for my Christmas special. Mm. So what music have you been enjoying in 2020?
1: Um, you know, there's that, is it the Spotify and you go on and it tells you what you've yeah, been listening yeah, to. That's rap, always, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that's always a bit of a hard thing to come to terms with some, sometimes, <laughs> but it turns out I'm a Steely Dan fan. Mm. <laughs> yeah.
2: Okay, okay. For me, twenty twenty will be all about Taylor Swift bugs, as you know. We, you and I have listened lot. to a lot of Taylor Swift this year, and She's I've got prolific. to say those two albums she put out on album. I called albums. What are they called nowadays? What Our do you albums, call them, young people? Albums. albums. You call them albums. Okay. Yeah. Those two uh, albums she put out on the Spotify. Uh, on the were...
1: Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> you do it deliberately, awesome. don't you, Mickelson. You do it deliberately. <laughs> we're trying to be cool here, they... mate.
2: <laughs> they on were the awesome. Zoom. Both love both of them. Love both of them. Mm. Go Taylor. Oh, podcasting's
0: great too. Yeah, thank you.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Good on <idea>, you, Abby.
0: <laughs> thank you very much.
2: You must show me how to listen to your your podcast. That'll be quite. Cool. You can do it on the Spotify. You can do you can it, it on the, on the Spotify. Spotify. Yeah, the
0: Spotify and the Apple. And Podcasts the Apple. Of them. Yeah, yeah.
2: Right, right. Oh, okay. Well, so do it on your phone. phone you got
1: a phone eye. I yeah.
2: got. A, I have. I have, mm. and I'm watching you on the Zoom. So it's a lot of stuff yeah. going on at this once. A lot of
1: stuff going on.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, thank you both again and have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Yes.
2: Merry yeah, Christmas, Jeremy. Merry Christmas, Abby. Merry Christmas, Yes, yes. Kia <laughs> ora,
0: Well, this week's album I wanted to talk about was Eminem's surprise deluxe edition of music to be murdered by, Side B. To be honest, I haven't even listened to the first part of the album, which dropped earlier this year. I've kind of fallen off the bandwagon with Eminem. Um, Recovery in 2010 was probably the last album that I paid much attention to. I liked the two singles from Revival with Beyonce and Ed Sheeran. They both got a lot of radio play, which is how I heard them. But my library of Eminem songs consists much more of his early thousands and even late 90s works. Those, I think, were definitely his golden years. And look, overall, I did enjoy this album. Um, I do now want to go back and listen to the first part, but it's something I struggle with with Eminem is just the lyrical content. And I know that's who he is and that's his shtick, I guess. But for example, the transition between songs one and two, which were Black Magic and Alfred's theme, where there's audio of a woman screaming as she's being stabbed, it's a lot. I think I would enjoy his music much more as a casual listener. Whereas when I'm listening for this podcast, I'm reading the lyrics alongside to really get a full picture. I know, like, Slim Shady has his alter ego, but I just, I can't, I get caught up on it. And is he really his alter ego? And is that an excuse for some of the things he says? I, I really struggle with it, but. I tried to put that aside to just get through the album objectively, and I did actually enjoy a lot of the songs. He even references in Tone Deaf, he says, it's my all to
1: egos fall.
0: I liked this song, but it's again, it's something I always think about Eminem in the way that obviously rap music is traditionally a black community, and whether you think he appropriates it or is playing tribute to it. Either way, I always wonder, would he get away with half of the stuff he says and does if he were black? And I'm not across all rap music. It's generally not a genre I lean toward so that might be a completely uneducated suggestion. But could other people get away with having this kind of misogynistic and sexist alter ego? I don't I don't know. Even in Book of Rhymes he talks in the song about how people want Slim Shady back and how he used to write music for the people that were listening to it and so it kind of suggests that he's grown since then but then he uses a slur against disabled people and it's like, have you progressed or not? I don't, I don't understand. But moving on to Alfred's theme, I really liked it. It kind of Brought back remnants of old school Eminem. A bit crude, taking the piss, kind of like my name is or ask like that. Nat was interesting. It came out with a music video, so I assume it's the lead single. I found it a little strange, kind of the COVID song no one needed or asked for. I don't know, it was only really memorable to me because of the COVID references. Otherwise, I would take it or leave it. Except, except for the last verse, when the piano and sax and brass band came in. It was incredible. Let's have a listen to some of that.
2: But he's even closer to petroleum supertonium europhonium at the crib at your hoe got a rip the pole like voting but no clothing stripped down to a toe ring and here we go with the gloating i got my nose in the air like a bowing then I got into a little bit of an argument with her, so I took a little lick of a gal of dinner then I...
0: another song on the album these demons had a really cool last verse as well so these were both songs I wasn't overly interested in until the end my two favorites on the album were higher and discombobulated I especially loved the chorus in higher let's have a listen to some of that
2: to go from here.
1: Okay.
0: And I just thought Discombobulated was a really great, high-energy way to finish the album. So let's have a listen to that one. I'm
2: discombobulated, discombobulated, miss you, i Wait, I didn't mean to piss you off, my lady. What I really meant to say is, it goes a little something like this. As soon as I'm through with the unison, I'm gonna hit the snooze alarm Before I lose my mind, who am I gonna use it on? Utilizing this tool, I will execute a line like what I tried to do one time in my youth When
0: I was so happy when I heard this song Especially because a few before it Like She Loves Me, Killer and Zeus I kind of tuned out I don't know if it was because there were 16 songs Which is quite a lot So maybe it just wasn't as fresh and exciting as at the beginning But I wasn't a fan of those ones before it So it was a pleasant surprise to finish off with Discombobulated one thing I really did like about Zeus was the mention of the Black Lives Matter movement. He even named people like Brianna and Trayvon and of course, given his position in music and in pop culture, he should be raising awareness for causes like that. But it was still a nice moment of, oh, okay, he does he does have a social conscience and it's not all objectifying women and stabbing women. And to be clear, in that Black Magic song where the woman is stabbed, she is a witch, which I guess would be his justification for it. But it was it was still a very confronting song. So let's have a listen to that part of Zeus.
2: But I'ma always remind you that I came from poverty. Black people saved my life from the dark and Dijon and all that we want is racial equality. R.I.P. Laquan McDonald, Trayvon and Brianna, a Ray Shard and Dominic, Eric Garner and Rodney King. No, we can't get along to these white motherfucking cops who keep murdering blacks off the streets.
0: One thing I really wasn't into were the interludes. So I enjoy listening to an album chronologically from beginning to end, and I didn't even mind the Alfred intro at the beginning, but Key and Thus Far, I just could not get into. I will be deleting those songs, so that was a shame. I think Halsey's album, Manic, is the only album I can think of off the top of my head that has interludes that I really love and I think the interludes add to the album and even stack up on their own. So generally I'm not a big fan of interludes. I prefer the album to just flow from beginning to end. Overall though I did really enjoy it. Again, I think I would enjoy it more as a casual listen, but there were some songs I really did like. I'm I'm just not sure if for me Eminem will ever get back to those days of kind of Lose Yourself and When I'm Gone and Hayley's song and Without Me and all of those massive hits. And look, maybe he doesn't want to. He's growing as an artist, I get it, but I guess that period for his music was just when I enjoyed him most and some people might prefer him now and that's fine. Have a listen though if you haven't, especially if you like his more recent stuff, maybe from Relapse onwards, I think you might still really like this. Look, there's no denying he's a talented guy. I'm just... I, try, I find him really tricky to work out, but I guess that's part of his image and his mystery. Overall, I think this is a really good album. Aside from those interludes that I mentioned, I don't think I'll be deleting or skipping any songs. So I was pretty impressed, especially considering it's been 10 years since I last listened to an Eminem album. So if you listen to it, let me know your thoughts and I hope you enjoy it. Well, alongside Eminem's album, there were a lot of other songs this week. So this is my top seven of the past seven days. Find Me Here by Haley Williams As long as I'm loving you, you'll never be alone Long as you keep wanting me around But this is one trip you're gonna have to take alone When you come back, you'll find me here where I belong Yes, I Do by LAB Celadon and Gold by Maggie Rogers
1: I could be your hair in blue sky I could be your
0: night Learning to Fly by Shepherd. I'm,
2: my, I'm, my, I'm, my, I'm, my, I'm still I'm still
1: learning to, I'm still learning to fight. I'm still
0: learning to fight. Weaponry by Mike Posner.
1: I like you more when you're taking. Oh Lord, you're good at this game. Don't do me dirty. Show me some mercy. Darling, please let down your weaponry.
0: Get In The Way by Glades. I know I've put up a real fight, real fight Told myself you know this ain't right, ain't right Almost
2: like I got my hands tied, hands tied But I know, yeah, I know it
0: feels right My mama told you I'm not supposed to She thinks you're bad And finally, Oh What A Mess I'm In by Hayden Kalman I know this might my- be such a beautiful song well this has been another episode of playing it by ear as i said my last for the year except for a special christmas edition that will be out on the morning of the 25th Thank you so much for listening to the past few episodes. I will be back next year, so please continue to share and rate and subscribe to the podcast over the break. And I will leave you with my song of the week, which this week, in honor of Jesse Nelson and Little Mix, is I Won't from their album Get Weird. Bye.
1: I got my pride, my self respect.
2: Need nothing more, want nothing less. Cause
0: all that I got should be enough. The world, cause all that I want is to love and just be.